You're listening to audio from Shandon Baptist Church. If you'd like to check out more resources from us, please visit our website at shandon.org. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. And I I will tell you this, in almost 18 years now of preaching series at Christmas time in the month of December specifically, this is the first time I as a pastor have ever preached intentionally through the four Sundays of Advent. So you see we have an Advent wreath here. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that each week as we prepare for Christmas. But we kick it off today. And we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 43, the the verses that you just heard read by Jackson. And so if you want to grab your Bible and turn to Isaiah right now, that's where we will be spending some time this morning. I do want to tell you though about something that's going to be happening next Sunday here at Shandon before we step into this message. Next Sunday night at seven o'clock, we're going to have a very special and unique night of prayer and worship, a, a night of unity and prayer. We are partnering together with two other churches here from the Columbia area, First Presbyterian in downtown and the Meeting Place Church off of Two Notch Road. And this gives us the opportunity to come together as a group of believers for such a time as this and to pray for our city, to pray for our state, and to pray for our country. And the way we're going to do this is a little bit different. We've got some invited guests that are going to be with us in addition to the three churches that will gather here at Shandon next Sunday night. We've got Sheriff Leon Lott of Richland County that will be joining us. We have Mayor Steve Benjamin from Columbia that will be joining us. We have Governor Henry McMaster uh, from the state of South Carolina that will be joining us. And we also have U.S. Representative Tim Scott from the state of South Carolina that will be joining us as well. So the whole point of this night is to cross denominational lines with other followers of Christ, to cross political party lines as we will have Democratic and Republican representatives with us, and to cross racial lines in a season in our state and in our country where this is so desperately needed that we cry out to God together. And so I want to encourage you to join us. This is going to be a very special night, seven o'clock, Here at Shandon, we're going to be lifting our voices together, asking God to move in power among his people for such a time as this. Coming out of this crazy, hostile political season, navigating all this uncertainty that has hit us in 2020, we want to join together with other followers of Jesus and lift our voices in prayer. Next Sunday, here at 7 o'clock, here in the room. Let me encourage you now to turn your attention to Isaiah 43, and we'll look at verse 1. Again, Jackson did a great job reading it, but I'm going to go ahead and do it as well to fix our attention on the Word of God, and I would encourage you, if you're willing and able, to stand with me as I read the Word of God. This is something we do each week. It's Shannon, if you're joining us online right now, we do this every week. We stand for the reading of God's word at the beginning of a sermon. And the reason we do this is so that we all can be reminded the word of God is the foundation for the people of God. That is the foundation for the people of God. This is not up for debate. This is the foundation for the people of God. It's what we stand upon. It is the rock underneath our feet. And the word of God shows us what God shows us we need to see. 
And the word of God tells us what God tells us we need to hear. And the word of God reveals to us what God says is right and good and true. So we fix our attention on God's word as we enter into this Advent season here today. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. And when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together and ask God to speak into our lives as we seek to prepare our hearts for this Christmas season and as we step into this season of Advent. Father, we look to you. And as we stand at the reading of your word and as we listen to the proclamation of your word, it is my prayer that the word would leap off the page and into our lives. For there is much noise fighting for our attention in the world we live in. There are many distractions, especially as we enter into the season of Christmas in such a strange year that are fighting for our attention and fighting for our devotion. Lord, we need to hear from you. So please have your way among us and the power of your spirit speak as only you can speak to our hearts. And use this time for your glory. We commit it to you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. The Advent season is all about preparation and expectation. It's a season that has been set apart by the church for centuries to prepare our hearts for what the Lord wants to do in us. Now historians will tell us that Advent, when it was originally established and celebrated about the, the fourth or fifth century, was celebrated not at the end of the year, but at the beginning of a new year. And it was celebrated by the church at the beginning of a new year so that the church could be reminded to look with expectation this year for the return of the king. To live this year in such a way that we are living in light of the reality that the Savior will come again. And as time went by, this celebration of looking forward to the second coming 
also stepped into the Christmas season to encourage the church to look back to the arrival of the Savior, what we celebrate at Christmas. So now today, as the church celebrates Advent, we celebrate by looking back to remember what God has done at Christmas, and at the same time, by looking forward to be reminded that God has given his church a mission today. And that mission is to live in light of the fact that the king will return. That everyone will stand before the king to give an account. And eternity is waiting for us all. And we want to be prepared for what God alone can provide. This first Sunday of Advent, this first week of Advent is all about promise. It is all about promises fulfilled. It is all about the hope that we have when we see the promises of God come to life through the celebration of Christmas. We're going to be turning our attention throughout this series to the book of Isaiah. For Isaiah the prophet shows us prophecy after prophecy after prophecy that has been fulfilled through the Christmas celebration and the arrival of the Messiah. The prophet Isaiah also points us to the return of the king, to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so we look to the scripture, we look to Isaiah to be reminded of the promises made and the promises fulfilled by our God. I don't know about you, but that's something I need to be reminded of often. That our God is a God of promise, a God who has made promises and a God who always fulfills his promise. That's what we see in Isaiah. I want to read for you a quote from Chuck Swindoll as he talks about the book of Isaiah. Let this prepare your heart for what we will step into over the next few weeks as we look at several key spots in this great book of prophecy, because the detail and the specificity of the prophecy in Isaiah is absolutely staggering as you think about how it relates to the celebration of Christmas. This is what Swindoll writes. The book of Isaiah provides us with the most comprehensive prophetic picture of Jesus Christ in the entire Old Testament. Because of its scope, Isaiah contains one of the clearest expressions of the gospel in all of the Old Testament. From the first chapter, it is clear the people have turned away from God and failed in their responsibilities as his children. Yet God miraculously holds out hope to this unrepentant people, offering cleansing of sins and the blessing that comes with faith and obedience to him. Salvation lies only in God. And the only question is whether or not we will accept his offer. I want to start there today as we enter into the Christmas season and just ask you very specifically, hopefully very personally, have you accepted the offer of salvation that comes through Christ alone? Just want to be very straightforward and ask you that question. Because as we enter into Christmas, this season is all about Jesus, It is all about what Christ has done. So do you know him in a real and personal way? 
Have you accepted the offer that he extends to you to be the Lord and Savior of your life, to forgive your sin, to invite you into life with him now and life with him forevermore? Do you know this hope that is provided through the gift of salvation? Do you know this hope that is displayed in promises fulfilled? I realize you may be here today looking for hope and I want you to know, I believe if you are looking for hope, hope is pursuing you as God is inviting you to see the love that he has made available to you in Christ. I realize if you are here today looking for hope, you may be here today really struggling in a season of difficulty. And if that is you today, if you are here struggling in a season of difficulty, I believe that God is inviting you to see if you will look that he is at work in your life and in your heart in the midst of the struggle and the best is yet to come for you if you will trust in him. I believe that wholeheartedly. And that's what we are reminded of as we look to the promise of Christmas. As we prepare our hearts for this Christmas season, I would ask you to ask the Lord, to give you eyes to see the promise that has been fulfilled for you through Jesus Christ. Advent reminds us to look at the gift that has been given and see the amazing, beautiful display of promises fulfilled. So look back at Isaiah 43 and let's see this together. Verse one of Isaiah 43, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. Through this statement, the prophet Isaiah is saying to God's people, who, please understand this, have been walking through a very difficult season. A very difficult circumstance that has been brought upon because they turned away from the Lord. They have been wandering in darkness. They have been lost and hurting. They have been desperate for things to change. And God speaks into their life through the prophet and says, Do not forget the Lord your God. For when you struggle... And when darkness seems to be winning the day, and when times are uncertain, and when the circumstances are very difficult to navigate, it is easy to forget the faithfulness of God. And so God speaks through the prophet Isaiah and says, do not forget who I am. I am the creator God who created you. I am the God who formed you, who knows every intricate detail of your life and your being. I know everything about you. And this is so important as we seek to understand the promises of God because God's promises, please hear this, God's promises are not 
often fulfilled the way we might expect. And many times God's promises are not fulfilled in the timing that we would demand. So are we willing to trust that there is a God who created and formed us and knows every detail of our life, who sees what we can't see and knows what we don't know? That's what Isaiah is saying to the people of God. God sees what we can't see. He's the creator. He knows what we don't know. He knows more than us. He formed us. He knows all the details of who we are. And he knows all the details of not only what we're navigating today, but what we will navigate in the days to come. For we are limited in our perspective and our God is completely unlimited in what he sees and what he knows. And let me see if I can illustrate this in a practical way this week during our little time away for Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving day after the meal had been enjoyed and we'd had a great day together. We sat down to watch TV and we decided we would watch a movie. And so it was, it was dad's suggestion and dad's choice, much to the chagrin of, of our kids, that we watch the, the movie of the production Les Miserables. Now, I'll just go ahead and show my cards, okay? And I'll just go ahead and tell you, I really like Broadway productions. I really do. I, I like to go see a play. I also like to hunt. I also like football, okay? I'm just telling you. But I really like uh, a Broadway production. I'm amazed at a cast performing live with courage and boldness before. And I, I mean, I just love seeing it. I, I love seeing a production. I've seen Les Mis live. It's the greatest production I've ever seen in person. It was phenomenal. But the movie's pretty daggum good too. It's a star-studded cast, came out a few years ago. And it's this amazing story. If you don't know Les Mis, it's a beautiful story of redemption and grace. It, the gospel just weaves all throughout the story. It's a fascinating story. We sit down to watch this movie. In the beginning of the movie, it's, it's pretty dark. Pretty desperate in the beginning of the movie. There's some really tough scenes to watch. It appears pretty hopeless. It's even a little bit scary at times. And so my, my kids were getting somewhat uneasy watching this. And, and one of my kids specifically, who will not be named at their request, did not enjoy this at all. And at some point, just, just a few minutes into the opening of this movie, the comment was made, Dad, why are you making us watch this? I said, well, let me tell you why. I was really proud of my response here. Hey, I know the end of the story. And the end of the story is beautiful. And the end of the story is redemptive. And the end of the story is so full of grace. But you have to get through the tough part to see and appreciate the end of the story to which this child of mine just walked out of the room. Didn't really go the way I planned. You know, sometimes as a dad, you have a great plan of how this is going to go. So we'll, we'll watch the rest of Les Mis at another day. You know, months later, I don't know when it'll happen. We'll all gather around and watch it. But it didn't happen the other night. But I knew I was going to be preaching on this passage, and it made me stop and think, 
How often, how often do we look at the Lord and go, why are you making us see this? Why is this happening this way? Why are you doing this? Why are you not doing that? This is not the story that I want to see for my life. This is not the story that I want to be a part of. Why are you doing this? And the Lord very graciously says, I see what you don't see. And I know what you don't know. I'm the creator God who formed you. And I know the end of the story because I have written the end of the story and the end of the story is beautiful and redemptive and full of grace for those who trust in me. I know it may not make sense. And I know right now all you can see is what is right in front of you, but I see what you don't see. And I know what you don't know. The people of Israel in their struggle, in their difficulty, they had no way of understanding that it would be roughly 700 years after these words were spoken from Isaiah that the Savior would come. That's a long time. 700 years. But God always fulfills his promises. And God always knows what is best. And God sees what we don't see and God knows what we don't know and he knows that the end of the story is phenomenal for those that trust in him. And so this promise of God is spoken to Israel through Isaiah the prophet. And Christ comes as a perfect fulfillment of the promise to bring the gift of redemption to all who will trust in him. In fact, let me turn your attention now to the Christmas story as recorded in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 1. Look at what the angel of the Lord says to the Virgin Mary as the angel of the Lord comes to tell her, you will conceive and you will have a child and your child will be the son of God and his name will be called Jesus. Look at what the angel says. Verse 30. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And listen to this. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom. There will be no end. Do you remember what the Lord said to Isaiah? Jacob, I created you. Israel, I formed you. 
I am sending you the gift of redemption. I always fulfill my promise. And here on this first Sunday of Advent, as we remember the promise of God and the hope of this Christmas season, we are reminded, looking at the story of Christmas here in Luke 1, the promise of God has been fulfilled. God always fulfills his promises. But Israel couldn't see that when the prophet Isaiah was speaking. In fact, it looked dark and it looked desperate. But God sees what we can't see. And God knows what we don't know. And in God's perfect timing, in God's perfect way, the promises are fulfilled through Jesus Christ. God is faithful. And he will fulfill his promise. Isaiah 43, verse two, then says this, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. These verses are powerful, and these verses are so appropriate because these verses do not deny the reality that waters will rise and fires will rage. The scripture is very honest. There will be times when the waters rise. There will be times when the, when the flames come up around us and the heat is on. But even as the waters rise and the fires rage, there is nothing that is a threat to the promises of God. And it is as if God is saying through the prophet, I know you can't see all that I'm doing and I know this season appears overwhelming and dark and I know you see the flood coming and I know you feel the heat of the fire, but the flood and the fire are not the end of the story. And if you will trust me, and if you will place your faith in me, you will see that as the waters rise, I am with you in the flood. And as the heat gets cranked up, I am with you. As the fire rages around you. Do not forget that the Lord is with you, the prophet is saying. And do not forget that the Lord who created and formed it all uses the flood and the fire to help us see what we need to see. And even when it feels overwhelming, remember the flood and the fire are used by God to help us see our need for him. And in the midst of seeing our need for him, he invites us to see what he has done for us in that need. For our God is faithful. He sees what we don't see. He knows what we don't know. And all of his promises will be fulfilled for his glory and for the good of those who trust in him. So when the waters rise, 
And when the fires come, remember that God is at work in the midst of it all. And there is nothing, there's a threat to what he has promised. That's what Isaiah 43 verse three says. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I am exactly what you need. When you face the flood, when you feel the heat of the flames, I am exactly what you need. I am doing exactly what needs to be done so that you can see your need for me and then see that I alone am the one who can save you and provide you the true hope that your heart so desperately longs for. This brings me back to the the quote that I shared earlier in the message from Chuck Swindoll. I just wanna look at that last line again from this quote as he was talking about Isaiah, salvation lies only in God. The only question is whether or not we will accept his offer. Where are you with this? Have you experienced the gift of salvation in a personal way? Salvation comes alone from God. And if you have, if you have experienced the gift of salvation, what does that then mean for you in the midst of a season where perhaps you're seeing a flood or perhaps you're feeling the heat of the flames? What does that salvation do? shows you that God's promises will always be fulfilled. And it shows you that God's faithfulness is unending. And it shows you as we enter into a season of Christmas that is a very strange season of Christmas in a very strange year that we are reminded through the gift of salvation for those who are in Christ, we always have hope because our God sees what we can't see and our God knows what we don't know and our God has written the end of the story and the end of the story is absolutely beautiful for those who trust in him. For if you are in Christ, the best is yet to come. And that's not an overstatement. The best is truly yet to come for those who are in Christ Jesus. In December of 2020, there are a lot of people who are looking for hope. There are people that are placing their hope in a, in a vaccine that is coming soon. We'll finally get the world back in order. There are people that are looking to the calendar turning to a new year, hoping that 21 will be very different than 20. There are people that are hoping in, in a new president and new government and new leadership saying finally political unrest will come to an end. There are people that are hoping that equality will become our reality once and forevermore. There are people who are hoping that injustice will finally be eradicated and all of these desires are good desires. 
but none can come close to the hope that is provided for all of eternity through Jesus Christ our Lord. And even if something in this life provides what we hope it will provide, please see the scripture and remember, there will always be waters that rise. There will always be fires that burn. But with every flood and every flame, God is inviting us to see our need for him and to see in our need for him that he alone is our true and lasting and eternal hope. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. That's what we stand upon in the season of Advent. There have been promises made, promises kept, and God always fulfills his promise. And through the promises of God, for everyone who trusts in Jesus Christ, there is hope. So it is my prayer this Christmas season that you would know where your hope is truly placed. It is my prayer this Christmas season that we would look to Christ and see the promises of God that have been fulfilled so that we can be reminded the promises of God will continue to be fulfilled. And it is my prayer this Christmas season that even in the midst of uncertainty, even in the midst of those who are struggling, we will be reminded that God sees what we can't see. God knows what we don't know. And the end of the story for those who are in Christ is absolutely beautiful. For in Christ, there is a promise that has been made, a promise that has been kept, and there is hope forevermore for those who place their faith in him. So let me close this first message of the Advent season with a word of prayer. And let's just ask God to fix our eyes on the true hope and the true promise that we celebrate here at Christmas. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm so very grateful for an opportunity to step into your word as we prepare our hearts with expectation for a Christmas season. And Lord, I pray that through the power of your spirit, we would see what you desire for us to see. Many, many here today are walking through a very difficult season. Many here today are facing uncertainty. Many here today have a lot of questions. Lord, give us the faith to believe what has been declared through the prophet Isaiah, that the God who formed us, the God who created us, the God who knows us, has offered us the gift of redemption and always fulfills his promises. So Lord, give us faith 
to believe that you see what we can't see and you know what we don't know and you are at work even in the midst of the struggle to show us exactly what we need to see and to remind us that for those who are in Christ, the best is yet to come. Thank you for the beautiful gift of hope that that is at Christmas. Our God has fulfilled his promise. Our God is faithful. Lord, I pray that you would use your people, your church this Christmas season to be a light shining in the darkness like this candle letting off a beautiful glow the good news of Christmas that is found in Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, as I close for any among us, any listening to this message that have never experienced the true hope of Christmas, the true promise fulfilled through Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in a personal way, I pray that today would be the day that they would say, Jesus, I'm ready to trust you. I'm ready to place my hope in you and in your promises fulfilled for me as you have done for me what I could never do for myself. Oh, we thank you for the gift of forgiveness, for the gift of redemption, the gift of beautiful, amazing grace that is poured out on those who trust in Jesus. And we thank you, Lord God, for holding the end of the story and knowing that the end of the story is beautiful and glorious for all who are in Christ. We look to you. Fix our eyes on Jesus this Christmas season. This is our prayer. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.